Coming up on We Talk News this week, the count is 19 legal cannabis states as Rhode Island finally passes their legalization bill. Now, if at first you don't succeed, the U.S. House of Representatives passes the Moore Act for the second time. Congress wants legalization now. Now, if they could only get the Senate to cooperate. No doubt now, hemp advocates are celebrating the legalization of Delta 8, just another debate for the cannabis industry. And happy 84th birthday, Tommy Chong. Are those candles or birthdays on that cake? We Talk News is next. Cannabis Media original content is supported by Salient Systems, your trusted name in video surveillance for the cannabis industry, and by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first, and by Accounting Buds, CPA services for the cannabis industry, and by Stylighting.shop. Log on today to get your grow kit. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Jimmy Young, founder of Pro Cannabis Media, and this is We Talk News. Elena Pinto is off this week, but she'll be back next week. Our top story always focuses on the legalization of cannabis at the state or federal level. Now, you have to ask, is this a step closer or not this week? I mean, how many times does the U.S. House of Representatives have to vote on the Moore Act that legalizes cannabis at the federal level before it actually reaches the Senate floor? Now, it's been twice, but in that, on that Senate floor, there's a lot of scuttlebutt coming out of Washington, D.C., that there's some backroom talk going on amongst those senators about how to break the political divide in Washington, D.C., and cannabis is right in the middle of it. Now, on the state front, there's plenty of movement from coast to coast. We start in New England, where Rhode Island finally voted to legalize adult use and sale, a battle that has been going on for a long, long time in their legislature, according to Marijuana Policy Project's Jared Marfoot, who I talked to earlier this week. Well, we started pushing for legalization about a decade ago. So this is long overdue. Uh, there's been a broad coalition of organizations advocating and pushing for this for years. Um, Senator Josh Miller introduced the first legalization bill, I believe, in 2011. And so, you know, we were not surprised by the momentum. We've had a lot of momentum for many years. It's been tough to get the legislature to uh, to recognize that momentum. But they finally have, and, and now they're speaking our language. So, Jared, a question. As more states legalize, does that put more pressure on our federal government to make change? I think it absolutely does. I mean, when you see your own constituents voting in favor of a policy, um, it increasingly becomes difficult to defend why you're against it, right? I mean, you're elected to represent those constituents, and, um, and it puts the pressure on that lawmaker to explain why they don't agree with their own constituents. Um, does it automatically flip their position? No, but I think over time it builds um, pressure and also interest groups, right, within the state. There, you know, once you have legalization, you have markets that form, businesses that form, and those people talk to their congressional representatives and their senators, and, and that has an effect as well. So I think over time, 
you know, we certainly believe that the best strategy for federal reform is to continue making state level progress, especially in Republican led states. On the federal front, U.S. Senators Chuck Schumer, Ron Wyden and Cory Booker continue their backroom discussions with their fellow senators who are blocking movement of cannabis at the federal level in the Senate. Now, Cannabis Daily News and Forbes reports that some of the Republican prohibitionist guard are changing their tune on reform and the legalization movement. Phil Adams has more in his D.C. report. Hi, this is Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast here with the Weed Talk News D.C. report. As attitudes about cannabis among conservatives continue to shift toward legalization, a number of GOP lawmakers in Washington are joining their Democratic colleagues to enact important legal reforms. Last year, more than 100 Republican House members voted in favor of the Safe Banking Act aimed at protecting financial institutions that serve the cannabis industry from federal penalties. Over the past year, several Republicans have sponsored or supported a host of cannabis reform bills. South Carolina's Nancy Mace introduced the State's Reform Act, a bill to remove cannabis from Schedule One. Representative Greg Stubbe's Veterans Cannabis Use for Safe Healing Act would grant veterans access to medical cannabis. And Republican Brian Mast worked with Democrat Hakeem Jeffries to offer the PREPARE Act to establish a commission for federal regulation of cannabis in the event it becomes federally legal. At the forefront of the GOP effort, however, is Representative Dave Joyce of Ohio, a Republican co-chair of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus. Last year, Joyce introduced the Common Sense Cannabis Reform Act in the House to deschedule cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. Back in 2018, Joyce introduced the House version of the States Act to protect state legal cannabis programs from federal interference. Inflation may soon be coming to a dispensary near you. MJ Biz Daily reports that fertilizer shortages brought on by the ongoing supply chain disruptions and the war in Ukraine are leading to higher prices for cannabis growers. With spikes in fertilizer prices likely to impact the cultivation of all kinds of crops worldwide, rising costs will inevitably be passed on to consumers and cannabis users will likely be no exception. The system commonly used for labeling cannabis strains can be misleading for consumers, according to a new study. Published last week in PLOS One, a scientific journal published by the Public Library of Science, the study finds that the nomenclature used to categorize cannabis, i.e. indicas, sativas, and hybrids, is not an effective way to provide information to the consumer about cannabis products. What's often missing in most labeling, the study finds, is an accurate breakdown of terpenes, the essential oils thought to play a role not only in taste and aroma, but also in the physical and psychoactive effects of various strains of cannabis. The study analyzed the chemical compositions of close to 90,000 cannabis samples across six states. That's the Weed Talk DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. Turning back to New England, where every state has legalized adult use of cannabis except for New Hampshire. Voting in or passing a bill is only the first step towards a vibrant adult use market for cannabis. In Vermont, they continue to struggle with their newly appointed cannabis control board. Citizens there are starting to get 
more and more frustrated with the pace of the new road regulations and rolling them out. Now, our Vermont correspondent, Jesse Lynn Dolan, has been in the middle of this since the beginning. Here's her Vermont report this week. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. The Cannabis Control Board approved only three more licenses this week, all of which fall under the definition of social equity status. The board has received 37 social equity applicants overall, but 29 are still incomplete. One application was denied due to the fact that the applicant does not meet the criteria for social equity. The board has also received 18 new pre-qualification applicants, five cultivators, five manufacturers, one wholesale and seven retail applicants. In total, 145 applicants have been pre-qualified since applications opened. On Saturday, May 28th, Hot and Hetty is having their first infused movie night featuring the classic Grandma's Boy. Attendees will get one free pre-roll and access to their infused and uninfused concessions. Vermont Cannabis Solutions Law Firm, June 1st networking event will be in Brattleboro at Vermont Grow Barn. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. Next up, the ongoing saga of legalization in South Dakota. Let's just recap. Voters there approved both medical and adult use in the last election at the ballot box in 2020. Now, that was the first state to actually accomplish the double, if you will, at the polls. However, their governor, Kristi Noem, didn't like the results, so she challenged the language of the ballot question and was able to delay that process. Well, you know the saying, if you at first don't succeed, you got to keep trying, right? Sure enough, Citizens for Better Marijuana Laws has created a new ballot question, and it has been accepted to appear on the 2022 ballot. Congrats to Matt Schweik on that goal. Now it's time to check in on a state that does not have those problems, but Missouri is always facing challenges. And Brandon Jones, he's right in the middle of it. All right, hey everybody, it's Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News. And very luckily, I'm joined with Corey Rimmel, co-founder of My Field State Dispensaries here in Missouri. Thanks a lot for joining us, Corey. I appreciate the time. Uh, and we are very excited Memorial Weekend. One thing I did want to get in real quick is we did donate another $5 million to Missouri a veterans fund just recently bringing the total leader to 14 million here in missouri so i'm pretty proud of what we're doing here and uh thanks again for joining i really wanted to bring uh bring you on because you guys are doing a lot of education i know you do classes once a week is that right yeah we're, we're trying to host events at the dispensary where people can ask questions and learn about you know science products uh, we also go on live on facebook and instagram um you know get blocked uh, you know as much as possible yeah, so you had the terpene one last week, and I know there's lots of different stuff. You can actually come up here to take part or be able to do it, like I said, on social. And you do another cool thing here that I don't think a lot of dispensaries do. You can actually have a personal consultation, right? It's up to like 30 minutes with someone to actually build a profile. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you can go on our website, myfieldstate.com, and um, schedule a consultation for with um, you know one of the bud tenders or really anyone at our store, either virtually or in the store. And we'll do it in a private room setting um, and you know go walk through the guidebook, answer any questions, and really help, you know, a new patient you know in my mind it's worth spending the extra time with the first time patient to really build that relationship yeah it really helps a lot and like i said a lot of people are just getting into it that you know didn't know all the science about it in this book they have a personal guidebook it really goes through a lot of the different terpenes breaks down uh usage it has a little great thing that i think is awesome it's a journal right you can actually go in and log 
Uh, what's, what do you think is the best benefits from having the journal? So, you know, the strain name and, you know, the, um, the THC percentage is not everything we, we kind of advocate for is, you know, so we're telling people to kind of, you know, look at the terpenes and figure out, you know, what your dosage was and, and write all that down and, you know, what you ate prior, you know, what you did that day to really figure out, um, you know, what type of chemotype or, or that you would prefer on, on your next visit. And, you know, we can help you because we don't always have the same strains um, there yeah. each week. Yeah, I was couldn't believe it. They actually have some strains because of 2HC, you can't get as high percentage, but like cost for it, I couldn't believe I got $160 ounce because people were always worried about just the THC. And here you guys really focus on the full spectrum, all the terpenes, the cannabinoids, and really figuring out what works for people. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And thanks for joining me today, Corey. Again, I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Made with Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News, joined by Corey Rimmel, co-founder of My Field State. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week. In other state news, there's an Arizona-based company that's doing so well, they're starting to acquire other operations. And this acquisition is north of the border in Canada. Item 9 Lab Corp Mill has swallowed up Sessions Cannabis in Ontario, Canada. Now, according to MJ Biz Daily, that deal was worth 12.8 million American dollars. Sessions has 43 cannabis stores in that Ontario province. Now it's time for the Michigan Report with the executive director of that state's normal division. His name is Rick Thompson. Hello again. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. Let's begin. The Cannabis Regulatory Agency has issued an advisory for cannabis businesses registered with the state. The bulletin details criminal activity and increased social engineering attacks on cannabis businesses. Specifically, the bulletin warns that people are breaking into secured trash receptacles and sealing items, and there's been a rash of robberies at regulated retail outlets lately. Issues of fraud are on the rise, too, including scammers pretending to be CRA employees or fire safety inspectors pretending to be owners or vendors and demanding either cash or crypto payments be made immediately. The CRA requires all licensees to be aware of the increased threat and report these issues immediately. Well, Director Brisbow and his CANRA National Organization of Cannabis Regulators are pushing Congress to enact federal banking reforms soon, according to a new letter sent to lawmakers late last week. They cited public safety, lack of banking and financial services, and the need for minority businesses to access traditional forms of capital. The letter outlines violence and recent robberies against businesses and employees within the cannabis industry. The CANRA letter says the organization itself has had difficulty in securing banking due to the words contained within their name. The letter states, we urge Congress to prioritize policy approaches that promote safe banking. Regulators from Georgia, Hawaii, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington signed the letter. The CRA is no longer requiring pre-ordering of immature plants from approved marijuana growers before transferring clones to a retailer. Now, in the past, clones could be sold by a licensed cannabis retailer only if a customer pre-ordered them and picked up the clones within seven days, which is a very burdensome program. Now, cannabis retailers can have clones available for purchase in their stores, but if the young plants don't sell within a week, they must be destroyed. Michigan's law defines immature plants as those less than eight inches tall and eight inches wide 
and anything under lights in a cannabis retailer likely to grow beyond that restriction, which is apparently the logic behind the one week or die clause. Retailers are no longer required to keep proof that immature plants on site were pre-ordered. They're only required to keep a plan for maintenance and destruction of plants during that seven day period in which they are in the inventory at the retailer. The updated approval process for immature plant sales can be found on the Cannabis Regulatory Agency's website. <clears throat> Final story, I have, and I'm sure some of you might, but very few Americans have seen 2,000 pounds of raw cannabis up close and personal. But I bet none of us has put a ton of raw cannabis in their car and tried to drive it across the country. Yeah, that's what one Michigan man did, driving the cannabis packed in Home Depot boxes all the way to Florida before he was pulled over and the canna load was discovered. He now faces three felonies and two misdemeanors. Commenting on the huge bust was not Florida's governor, not law enforcement, but the director of agriculture in Florida, who used the opportunity to push for federal legalization of cannabis. People don't try to run cannabis across the nation, just don't, and especially don't when the quantity of cannabis is measured in the thousands of pounds. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. California continues to dominate the cannabis market on the legal and the legacy side. This is why we depend on Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report to give us the latest from the state's cannabis scene. Greetings from the center of the cannabis universe. I'm Christopher Smith, and this is the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. Typically, I will read about three to four news stories from the California cannabis market and then go into some depth. But this week, however, there are more good stories than usual. So I'm going to give you the headlines and a little bit of depth and then tell you where you can find more information. So California's cannabis regulations have a few structural problems, as I've reported here many times, not the least of which is the ability for municipalities to opt out. In a case of the baby with the bathwater, many cities and towns also lost access to medicinal cannabis, which has been legal for 25 years in California. A month ago, I reported that State Senator Scott Weiner had proposed a bill to require access to medicinal cannabis, either by dispensary or by delivery, and that bill has now passed the State Senate. You can read more in Cannabis Business Times. The Pet Cannabis Coalition is a recently established advocacy group, and they are announcing today their full support of California Assembly Bill 1885. If passed, the bill will amend existing language to clearly specify that California veterinarians won't risk discipline by the state's veterinary, veterinary medical board for recommending the use of cannabis for pets. Read more at 420 Intel. A combination of reefer madness propaganda and not-in-my-backyard privilege seems to be behind most of the opt-out mania. That and the misguided belief that if a cannabis dispensary comes to your town, the children will get it. Well, the opposite of true, of course. When cannabis is illegal, street dealers control the market, and you know they don't check ID. California has proved me right once again. Researchers wanted to put the cannabis industry's compliance with ID requirements to the test, so they sent people who seemingly looked underage to 50 randomly selected cannabis shops around the, around the state to see if they could get in without presenting ID. And every single retailer required ID. 
Read more at Marijuana Moment. The city of Sacramento and Habitat for Humanity whipped up a plan to kill two birds with one stone, offering people busted with grow houses the opportunity to donate their house to a worthy cause instead of paying sky-high penalties. Since busted growers already face six-digit penalties, this program would allow them to choose to donate their property directly to Habitat for Humanity. The program is called Justice for Neighbors. You can read more at 420 Intel. California cannabis companies Dub Bros, Catalyst Cannabis Co., our company, and Gold Flora Distribution are partnering with Bomb Techs Without Borders and Ukraine Now to purchase non-lethal supplies for Ukrainians, recently sending a pallet of individual first aid kits. For every $125 donation, the program can purchase another first aid kit. Other cannabis companies contributing to the Ukraine, Ukraine situation include Medithrive of California, Luxury Loud from Detroit, and Matteo, or Matteo Communications in New York. And you can read more about that in both Gondrepreneur and at High Times. Now, one of our generation's favorite actors, Woody Harrelson, has opened a consumption lounge in West Hollywood called The Woods. No guarantee you'll see Woody, but it's a part of an epic cannabis branding effort in West Hollywood called the Emerald Village. And you can read more at 420 Intel. And if you're visiting the San Francisco Bay Area, you've got to make sure to jump across the bay to Oakland, where you'll find the Oakland Cannabis Trail, a historical, colorful travel adventure with unique retail and cannabis-centric experiences. Developed by Oakland, uh, Visit Oakland in collaboration with cannabis travel enthusiasts and Oakland's leading dispensaries, the Oakland Cannabis Trail offers a one-of-a-kind opportunity to immerse yourself in Oakland history as you explore eight premium cannabis retail shops that represent the deeply rooted past and innovative future of cannabis in Oakland, as well as restaurants, local uh, attractions, and sensory activities including hand-selected hand art exhibits and, great, uh, and the great outdoors. It sounds like an ad for the whole thing. Once again, 420 Intel is your source for more info about that. And I am Christopher Smith, the publisher of the American Cannabis Report, bringing you a whole lot of California sunshine for Weed Talk News. In Illinois this week, MSO Verano actually won a lawsuit, and it came from a former employee. You might remember there was a deal that kind of fell through and now that lawsuit has been dismissed and Verano is the big winner. Our big winner in Illinois is Thomas Howard. Thomas. What's up, everybody? It's Tom from CanvasIndustryLawyer.com. I'm located over in Illinois and practice with the Collateral Blaze firm. We had a lot of interesting cannabis news that came out of the state of Illinois this week. Uh, tomorrow, which you're broadcasting today, they may have actually released 185 cannabis dispensary licenses that had been held up in court for almost two years under an injunction uh, and, and their restraining order. And that should be dissolved, perhaps, tomorrow. A motion has been filed for it to be dissolved, and all of those dispensaries that have been held in limbo can finally start to move forward. More excitingly, there also may be more craft grows that are awarded, uh, if not tomorrow, then soon. Because a couple of weeks ago, on May 13th, they awarded several more. The rumor mill says that it was approximately 15. I haven't gotten any more confirmation from any parties, especially any parties that are in the know regarding how many that is. But 
everyone I've talked to that has licenses or that has access to information said it was about 15 licenses, meaning that 45 more craft girl licenses could still become available. And there's going to, of course, be a, um, a lottery in the fall. Uh, however, you know, it's an election year. Uh, the state has its primary in approximately one month on June 28th. So we don't anticipate any other real changes in the state of Illinois. Uh, that's all I have to report for the week from the state of Illinois is cannabis space. Uh, if you need anything, please do go over to Cannabis Legalization News. Click subscribe to that and follow us. And thank you guys so much. See you next time. If you follow the news and challenges in the cannabis industry, you know that advertising on traditional TV and radio is banned. So many take to social media to share their messaging. Unfortunately, even the Facebooks, Instagrams, and Twitters of the world ID and ban the word cannabis or any of its derivatives from their platforms. Some even just shut down that page. Well, now the New York Office of Cannabis Management is asking TikTok's owners to allow educational messaging on their platform. This comes at the same time that New York is starting their cannabis conversation campaign to inform their public about what to expect now that the plant is legal for adult use. Their message is about health and education, but TikTok has not even budged or even responded yet. A large portion of the ownership and direction of TikTok is controlled by the Chinese government. So I'm not sure an exception will be made for New York or any other informative cannabis initiative. Just south of New York is New Jersey, and they are off and running with their new adult-use cannabis market. Here's Jill Goldsberry with our report from the Garden State. Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm back. It's Jill from New Jersey with the New Jersey Cannabis Report for We Talk News. And we've got some news for you this week. So as you know, weed sales in recreational weed sales in New Jersey have been approved, and it's been going on for over a month now, a little over a month, actually. And recreational weed sales have hit upwards of $24 million. The Cannabis Regulatory Commission has approved two new cultivation facilities in response to this. One will be in Vineland, New Jersey, and another will be in Lakewood, New Jersey, as reported earlier on Weed Talk News this month. And now what we're seeing is New Jersey, as, as we near the end of the first month of legal recreational sales, lawmakers have introduced a series of bills aimed at restricting what types of workers can use cannabis off the job. This measure is being sponsored by Senator Robert Singer of Ocean, and he would amend the state's recreational marijuana law to ban cannabis for any employee who operates heavy machinery, uses weapons, or whose use of cannabis would put the public at risk, which definitely makes sense. So we're talking any work who operates tractors, dump trucks, uh, law enforcement officers, truck drivers, people like that. And law, lawmakers have been debating whether or not police officers should be allowed to take part in recreational marijuana since acting attorney general Matt Placken sent a memo last month reminding the police departments that law that the law allows cops to use marijuana off duty. So the memo prompted several cities and counties to say that they will prohibit cannabis use by police officers. So the debate remains to be seen and we will keep you posted. And in other news around New Jersey, we are seeing, this comes out of Jersey City, New Jersey, the cannabis, cannabis board has approved here 
has approved the Powerhouse Arts District applicant, WR Wellness. They want to open a recreational dispensary in downtown Jersey City. The Jersey City Cannabis Review Board has approved the, rec the recreational cannabis applicant, putting them one step closer to selling within the city. And I'm sure Jersey City will be very happy about that. The dispensary will, the proposed dispensary will be located at 150 Bay Street, which is, as I said, in the powerhouse arts district of the downtown area. So we want to just take one moment to congratulate WR Wellness. They're joining Blossom Dispensary and MMD New Jersey to receive approval from the Cannabis, Cannabis Control Board, as well as the Planning Board. Now they just need approval from the City Council before applying for state approval. So the battle continues. And that's this week's news with Jill Goldsberry with the New Jersey Cannabis Report for We Talk News. The wife of WNBA superstar Brittany Griner is making some noise to raise attention to the fact that Brittany is still behind bars in Russia. Cheryl Griner told ESPN that February 17th was the day that Griner was busted for carrying an alleged THC vape through airport security. Now, Cheryl is working with the U.S. Secretary of State and is appealing to President Biden to get involved. Now, you might remember that Trevor Reed was released in April, and there are still another handful of American citizens in Russian custody besides Brittany Griner. Now, needless to say, the president has a lot on his plate these days, and the same can be said for our own Massachusetts correspondent, Ron Marshallsey, who has our Bay State Cannabis Report. I'm Ron Marshallsey for Weed Talk News. This is the Massachusetts Cannabis Report. A $20 million marijuana growing operation and cultivation facility proposed in East Springfield was denied a special permit by the city council. The vote on a motion to approve the special permit was 6-4 to four with two councillors abstaining. And since a two-thirds majority is required for approval, the special permit was rejected. There have been critics, including a would-be rival for a marijuana cultivation license in Springfield, who have cried foul. Even City Councilor Kateri Walsh said she believed Page Cultivate got a break that was not afforded others. City Solicitor John Payne warned councilors that if the special permit was rejected, a lawsuit could follow. In the state next door, Rhode Island, the governor signed legislation on Wednesday that makes Rhode Island the 19th state in the nation to legalize and regulate recreational marijuana. The law legalizes the sale and possession of up to one ounce of cannabis for adults ages 21 and older with no more than 10 ounces for personal use kept at a person's home, while also allowing residents to grow a small amount at home. Rhode Island's General Assembly overwhelmingly voted in favor of the legislation Tuesday night, and Governor Dan McKee said the legislation accomplishes the priorities of making sure legalization is equitable, controlled, and safe. And finally, Cureleaf announced the launch of Endless Coast Cannabis-Infused Seltzers, a highly sociable line of low-calorie, low-sugar, and low-carb beverages which will be available at Cureleaf dispensaries in Massachusetts by today, May 27th. Just in time for the summer beverage season, Endless Coast delivers balanced cannabinoid ratios in four refreshing botanical flavors, lemon ginger, orange mango jalapeno, lime, and grapefruit and botanicals. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience.
And finally tonight, Pro Cannabis Media wants to wish the legendary Tommy Chong a very happy 84th birthday. To celebrate, I'll take some of his good vibes tincture. Happy 84th birthday, Tommy. The cannabis world loves you. And that'll do it for this week's We Talk News. Elena Pinto will be back next week. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Hi, my name's Tai Chang. I'm the president and founder of Aloha Green Apothecary in Hawaii. We're a vertically integrated medical cannabis company with three dispensaries, uh, one extraction lab, and one cultivation center near the North Shore of Oahu. We have over 150 employees now, and we've been working with Adaptive HR to meet our, meet our human resource needs. We're super excited to work with them as we expand, and we've grown uh, at least two, three times over the last two years. So we look forward to a good relationship with Adaptive, and uh, come visit us in Hawaii anytime. Aloha. Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on 
twitch.tv backslash pro cannabis media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are pro cannabis media.